Welcome to the Magis Pod, brought to you by Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit Church, a diverse Catholic community located in the oldest church building in the heart of downtown Detroit. For the links to the readings, check the show notes. Enjoy Father Gary's latest homily. I'm sorry I have no rap song, no hip-hop to start off this week. But these readings did make me think of an old Beatles song. You say you want a revolution. Well, you know. You better free your mind instead. <laughs> you better free your mind instead. And these readings today really are about a revolution. They're about big changes big events that changed people's lives forever and changed the world. And they're also about changing your mind, a change of awareness and consciousness. When we look at this gospel, we see Jesus kind of bursting onto the scene in Galilee. This is the very beginning of Mark's gospel that we'll be reading all this year. We heard a little bit of the beginning uh, during Advent about John the Baptizer, but this is the very next passage. And in it, Mark, the writer of the gospel, presents a kind of summary of the whole message of Jesus, the whole gospel. And we see Jesus announcing something new, a change. Here's good news. The time is ripe. The time is at hand. He's announcing something that will change people, change their way of living. We see that as it goes on, it becomes the call of the disciples. We know it, it changes them, it changes their lives. And they go on to change thousands of other people's lives, which in effect changes the whole world, changes human history. But to focus on that is to kind of put the cart before the horse. What comes first before those disciples are called is this announcement that Jesus makes of good news. The time is ripe. The time is here. Repent, he says, and believe the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, if you've heard me preach before, you know that that word repent is one of those words I love to hate in our translations. It's such a bad translation because for us it has overtones, that word repent, of penance, penitential, penitentiary, penal, punishment, all those words are very negative. But the word in Greek really, metanoia, means a change of mind. That's all it means, a change of mind, a change of awareness, a change of consciousness, a change of how you see things, and specifically how we see God, God's relationship with us as human beings, and how we see ourselves in relationship to God and one another. It's a total change of consciousness and awareness that Jesus calls for. And it's only that change of consciousness that then can lead later to the call of the disciples. And we get some idea of what that change of consciousness, of awareness, is about 
from the second reading today, a pretty strange reading. You know, it says uh, those who are married should live as if they aren't, those who are weeping as if they aren't weeping, those rejoicing as if they aren't rejoicing, those who have money as if they didn't have it. It's a pretty strange passage huh? because this world as we know it is passing away. And that reading, I never thought of this before, but it reminded me so much of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the spiritual exercises. And those of you who have made some introduction uh, of the exercises may have seen this passage. It's right at the beginning. It's called the principle and foundation. So it's the foundation of all the spiritual exercises. And St. Ignatius says, it's necessary to make ourselves indifferent to all created things. Consequently, on our own part, we ought not to seek health rather than sickness, wealth rather than poverty, honor rather than dishonor, a long life rather than a short one, and so on in all other matters. Rather, we ought to desire and choose only that which is more conducive to the end for which we were created. Pretty strange passage also. Seems to go against our natural instincts, you know. Who, who doesn't want to be healthy rather than sick? Who doesn't want to be rich rather than poor? Who doesn't want to be honored rather than dishonored? That's only natural. But Jesus seems to be saying in that second reading, St. Paul seems to be saying, well, those things may be good, but they're not the giver of the gifts. Those things are good, but there's something that's even better. Those things are what we naturally want, but there's something even more important and more valuable. And wouldn't you know it, it seems often in life that we don't get to that which is more important and more valuable without losing some of those good things, without facing the sufferings and the deprivations of this life. Another way of putting this, I, I saw this week, uh, someone sent me a meditation from Franciscan Father Richard Rohr. He puts it this way, this change of thinking. All the great religions at the more mature levels teach a different consciousness, which we call the contemplative mind the non-dual mind, or the mind of Christ. Our spiritual development begins with dualistic, exclusionary, either-or thinking, and becomes increasingly non-dual, allowing for a deeper, broader, wiser, more inclusive, and loving way of seeing kind of modern way of putting this change of consciousness, change of mind, of outlook that Jesus talks about in the gospel. We can go on then from this and, and see how it leads to other parts of these readings. So that passage from Richard Rohr that I just said is played out perfectly 
in the story of Jonah in the first reading today. Now that's actually, if you had a chance to read the whole thing, it's only a couple pages. It's hilarious uh, kind of fiction short story in the Old Testament about this figure who is called by God to go to preach in Nineveh and we find out in the course of the story that he doesn't want to go and the reason he gives is he says I he's he's called to go and preach repentance a change of mind and behavior to Nineveh and announce that the city's going to be destroyed in 40 days if they don't change and Jonah doesn't want to go he says because I know you're a merciful God you're probably going to forgive them in the end and I'll look like a fool for having preached this way so he tries to run away he gets on this ship goes to the farthest ends of the earth and you know the story he gets thrown overboard swallowed by the whale a big fish that gives him some time to think things over <laughs> and he ends up going to Nineveh after all and doing what God asked him to do sure enough they repent <laughs> everyone that's what we heard about in the reading today they all change their behavior they recenter their lives on God and Jonah is really pissed. <laughs> he is really angry. He says, see, I knew you would do this. And he goes outside the city and he pouts under a tree to get some shade from the sun and the tree wilts and withers and Jonah is really angry now that the tree withered and God says to him, you're upset about the tree that withered? Don't you think I should care about the people of Nineveh that I created? So there's a lot of lessons in this story that God's love, like Richard Rohr says, is not exclusive, it's inclusive. It's not dualistic good guys and bad guys. It includes everyone. And for the Jews, this would have been a very challenging story because they looked at themselves as the chosen people and indeed they were chosen. But they thought that meant other people weren't. <laughs> So this story is very challenging to me. It says Nineveh was a kind of a, had the reputation in the ancient world of Las Vegas. It was Sin City. So, you know, they were the last people that were going to repent. But they too are loved by God. They too are part of God's family. And of course, the real punch in this story for the Jewish people would be to, to realize if they can repent, if they can center their lives on God, how much more should we? How much more should we? And we see that in the gospel. We have to read the whole gospel to get the story. But we know what happens to these guys, these fishermen who are called to follow Jesus. They think they're following a leader of their Jewish faith that's going to lead them into a greater righteousness. But what do they discover? Oh, his message is for the sinners and the prostitutes and the tax collectors. And the Roman soldiers, he's loving everybody. And then they find out he even goes to pagan towns and brings the message of God's love to them. And after the resurrection, they're going to find out they're sent out into the whole world, that every nation and every people are the object of God's love and goodness and compassion. And that's you and me, but we are called to that change of consciousness, awareness, that God is not in the business of judging and condemning, uh, but God is in the business 
of reaching out always in love to every person of every race, of every language, of every way of life. We're all included in the great love of God. This is the revolution in thinking. You better change your mind instead. That's the revolution in thinking that we need to begin to hear the gospel, this good news that Jesus preaches. I saw another YouTube video that somebody sent me this week about a, a secular philosopher addressing our current situation. And he uses the term metacrisis, that we're facing a metacrisis. This is another way of thinking about this revolution of consciousness. He says that there are so many huge crises in the world. What he means by the metacrisis is they're kind of all merging into one giant crisis that we're facing. And not only that, but the word meta, it's, it's beyond our usual way of responding to things. We think, well, there's a problem, let's fix it, let's address this. But the situations we're facing in the world are so monumental, our current ways of thinking just break down, they're not working. We're in this odd state, aren't we, where we kind of go about our lives every day doing everything normal thinking the world is normal, but we all know in the back of our minds, it feels like there could be cataclysmic changes and meltdowns everywhere in the world, whether it's gonna be politically or economically or climate change or migration, feels like things are falling apart. And yet we go on about our daily lives and it's a sense that we're bewildered by all this. We don't know what to do. The human race doesn't know how to respond. And this philosopher was saying, this is proof that we need a revolution of consciousness. We need a whole different way of thinking about how we are living in this world and how we're relating to one another. And for this secular philosopher, he came that close <laughs> to saying we need God. We need God, we need awareness of what we were made for and why we were made and the great spiritual power that's there for us to tap into. And you know where he ended up? He ended up saying the thing we really need is a sense of vocation, of being called, that each person is called by this divine power to live a life in harmony live a life that is given for other people. And that's right where this gospel ends up, doesn't it? With vocation, with the call of the disciples. We're gonna have all this year with Mark's gospel to ponder what it is to be called, to be a disciple. But for today, let it be enough that we think and ponder first about that proclamation that Jesus makes that must precede our call, our discipleship. The proclamation of good news of how much God loves this world and loves each and every one of us. The proclamation that we need a revolution in our thinking and our consciousness to put away that dualism of good guys and bad guys of judgment and condemnation, 
and know that God embraces all people. As always, thank you for listening. To learn more about the community at Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit, check out our website, sspjesuit.org, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Links for all three can be found in the show notes. Until next time, be well and God bless.